Okay, guys, welcome back to another episode of the New Nine Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Cubitt. We're joined today by another familiar face, Bo Levi Mitchell, your quarterback of the Calgary Stampeders, back for another episode. And uh, today we have a new um, guest that we're happy to bring on, Mr. Mike Commodore. So we know Mike, obviously, through the golf community, because he's a pretty big golfer. And you might know him as well from his uh, playing days in the NHL. So, Mike, thanks so much for uh, joining us on the podcast. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. So I know that you're a pretty big golfer. Give us a little background. You're obviously living in Calgary. Um, You were gracious enough to host us. Tell us a little bit about your background uh, golfing. Yeah, very recreational. Uh, when I was a kid, obviously playing hockey in the winters, and I played a lot of baseball in the summer, so I didn't play a whole lot of golf. But once I went to college, actually college, I didn't really play much golf. I went to the University of North Dakota, and then I didn't have any money, so I wasn't playing any golf. But um, after I turned pro, I had a little bit of extra money and nothing but time in the summers. And so I kind of started, I played a little bit. I'm from outside of Edmonton. Played a little bit there, but not really. I spent the summers in North Dakota to make American dollars and not the Canadian dollars. And Smart uh, man. yes, yeah. And uh, just ended up staying there and golfing a lot there. And then it was kind of, I enjoy playing golf. It was good because when I was playing, you work out in the mornings, your day's probably done by 11. And then there's a lot of time to kill, and golf takes up at least four hours more on the weekends probably and uh so yeah i've just played a ton of golf since then mostly just in the summers i didn't play a whole ton during the season but uh yeah since then i've I've played a lot of golf you did the opposite of bo you moved to the states to make u.s money and bo came here to make canadian dollars what the heck (laughs) (laughs) backwards you know it's funny i had had the same story i uh i got here I'm, i'm third quarterback on the roster and dave's like he's like hey just so you know man like when i was third quarterback i went golfing every day And I was like, well, you don't have to tell me twice. So <laughs> I would show up in my golf clothes, finish practice. We're done at like 2 o'clock with our film, out of there, full Straight 18. Straight to the course. Oh, man. Yeah, it's perfect. That was the year I went from, you know, 20 handicap down to at least something that's respectable. So Yeah, cut that in half for Hell sure. Yeah, you have to. Mike, I know a lot of hockey players are golfers. So sure. it's probably not hard to find a foursome sure. uh, on the hockey team. But I'm wondering, are football players as avid of golfers as hockey players? Man, no. Uh-uh. Um, Mike's played with me. You've played with me. Felix, you've played with me. I'm I'm the best golfer on our team. So that's not I mean, saying much. That's not saying much. <laughs> that's not saying much. Um, you can vomit, though, man. Yeah, that's not that's not a compliment. Um, <laughs> I would say uh, Riley, another linebacker. He's he's really good. He's practicing a lot, but you know, you just don't find that consistent guy that grew up like football players. We just don't grow up doing it. Like we we're side hustle baseball players and typically basketball players. Um, so you just don't find a lot of golfers in our sport. So that's why I've kind of always hung out more with these guys, you know, hockey players and whatnot, um, because everybody's getting out there and golfing. So, you know, Gio, Kami, all these guys, Benny, just uh, golf as much as I can with them. That's wicked. That's good to know. Um, so today we're specifically going to break down the Masters. We're going to do a Masters preview for all of our listeners so you can get our takes on who we think might win, maybe some betting favorites, and maybe some uh, past Masters stories that uh, – uh, we like. Um, you guys got the memo on the green shirt. I totally forgot to wear my green for uh, for the Masters. <laughs> I was thinking about maybe the you know the tiger red uh, Nike button up for you know for respect for our buddy Tiger. Um, let's get some some of your guys' thoughts on the Masters. What does the Masters mean to both of you? Is it uh, four days you cross off on the, the calendar? Mike, give me uh, your rundown on the Masters. Yeah, I mean I watch a lot of especially since I retired. Uh, I watch a lot of golf. I watched a lot of hockey this year. I got it. I do watch a lot of hockey too, but <clears throat> I mean, if I'm sitting around Thursday, uh, to be honest, even Monday, actually throughout the whole week, I mean, if, if there was some way to go on your TV and find out what channel's on all the time, here it's golf. And I know a lot of people, it's maybe not the funnest sport to watch, but 
I enjoy it. Um, so yeah, I watch a ton of golf. Uh, masters to me, usually this is kind of different because the old COVID Masters, but you know I've kind of tied it in a little bit with you know because usually when Masters in, when the Masters is in April, it's kind of right around the end of the hockey season. So I kind of tie it with my little Twitter account there. I try and tie it in with the plus minus green jacket with the NHL. So right. you know the Masters winner, whoever's the lowest score, you know wins the tournament. It's a little different in hockey. You don't really want the green jacket, I don't think. So if you're minus, you know, in plus minus, if you're minus 40 on the year and you win the, uh, I, I, I kind of go, you win the green jacket. And it just, it usually lines up pretty similar, like within a couple days or sometimes like to the day with the Masters. So I've had some fun with that. And uh, I don't, I just think it's a really fun tournament to watch. I've never been, unfortunately, but I'm definitely will. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely the biggest golf event of the year. How about you, Bo? Is something, Masters something you're always watching? Yeah, I mean, no matter what, it's, it's blocked off on the calendar. Um, my wife's a huge golfer as well, and we've got two daughters. And our promise to each other was, you know, no matter what anybody else says, like we're going to have two kids, boy, girl, doesn't matter, so that when we, as they're growing up, we have our foursome. We can just go play together. So we've got two daughters. We're hoping they can both, uh, you know, find that golf scholarship. But, um, you know, for me, it's just golf, same thing. Golf's on all the time. And, I've watched so much football just watching film, and I'm a big baseball guy as well. Um, but as much as I can, it's golf on the TV. So when it comes to Masters, man, Masters to me is, as I started playing throughout high school and in college, hanging out with my best friends, it was, this was the only tournament that we would shut everything else down for. And as a guy that didn't grow up as a golfer, nobody in my family golfed, I had to like learn about it a lot more. So understanding what the Masters actually meant to everybody, it was like, okay, I need to learn you know what this tournament means to me so for for me it's just like those instant memories of um even something as small as like watching louis on uh you know the downhill par five and he hits it hits the front of the green rolls it all the way in and just moments like that seeing what they mean to people like it's, it's definitely turned me on to golf that much more i think you know tiger having won so many times has been so big for the game right and with him winning last year it's even blown up even more so it's obviously shitty with covid that there's not going to be as many uh, players this year personally i can remember being a young kid and hearing my dad watch golf it's the only sport he'll yell at baseball football you won't hear a peep out of him but if someone makes a big putt you'll hear the yeah <laughs> you know and you'll be in the house like what the heck just happened not realize he's watching golf but i can remember when mike weir obviously won being canadian it's so big and it's in our blood now as having one canadian masters winner but that's when i started really paying attention that okay this is a sport that canadians are doing good at put us on the map that is something that now i've always watched now we set up different golf pools and stuff that it's a pretty big week uh, in our house as well um, we were talking before getting on of who we think might win the Masters uh, this year, maybe some betting favorites. Is there some guys that you think might have a, a good chance? Can Tiger repeat? What's your thought on someone that uh, might win this year? Mike, we'll throw to you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like Tiger. And if he did repeat, that would be, I mean, that's always a great story. Everybody's always more interested when he's involved. Uh, am I picking him? No, I'm not this year. But if he won, that'd be great. I, I mean, that'd be awesome. Uh yeah, my big problem with the Masters is I end up getting in all these pools and all these different bets where I end, up, I end up having half the field in play. So I'm like, I don't even know who to cheer for. But I guess if I had to, and this is kind of a, well, i got a couple guys that I like that are favorites, and then I've got some a little bit longer shots, I yeah, suppose. Sleeper, but, I want to hear the sleeper picks too. Okay, well, for the <laughs> favorites right now, you know, the course is it's supposed to rain. If I, and he's the number one golfer in the world, but there are also other guys there. I think Bryson will probably maybe... I think he is the betting favorite. Yeah, he is. I'm going to go with uh, Dustin Johnson. I like that pick. I mean, that guy is unbelievable. 
you know, fresh off COVID there, you know, he took two weeks off or whatever. And he missed two tournaments for sure. And then at the Houston Open, he was right in the mix right till the end. So if I had to pick one guy and put my money on one guy to win it, uh, I'll pick him. DJ, a couple years ago, infamously missed the Masters tournament. Do you remember this when he, they said he fell down a flight of stairs and couldn't make the tournament? Yeah. Do you know any background to that? Is it bullshit or did it actually happen? What do we think? I can't remember the details. I used to spend a lot of time in Arizona at Whisper Rock, and there's a lot of touring pros there and guys that are associated with golf. And I was in one a little bit and had a few too many drinks, so I can't remember what everybody said. But I thought it was like, what do you mean, fell down the stairs? Like, I thought maybe there was something going on. Maybe had a couple of cocktails or something. A couple of something. Yeah, (laughs) but from what I remember... The guys told me that it actually was legit and it was like just an accident. Um, but I had my doubts with like a lot of people when, you know, and I think kind of with DJ's reputation a little bit, and he's cleaned it up lately, but you know, with kind of what he's went through a little bit, everybody's, you know, your first kind of inclination is like, what is what was this guy up to? But I think the story was legit from what I remember. I have zero doubts of it. That zero it doubt. is actually legit. Have you seen the guy walk? He has the goofiest walking <laughs> gait. Small. Like his hips, he, like he, I don't know what it is, man. Like he walks like he's like a six foot six model, like a woman. Like the way they like, they move, like he like throws his arm. He looks like shaggy almost. His like, knuckles <laughs> always down, right? Totally. Yeah, like it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just that demeanor of him. But I can definitely just see him just, his big old feet just missing the stare and just <laughs> Miss the step taking the See tone. you later. WD. Crazy. Um, we'll come back to your sleeper picks. Okay, sure. so favorite... Um, I mean, to me, I, I hate taking, you know, just those top guys and the betting favorites. Um, for, I have to go with somebody that every time I watch them, they're, they're in contention. They're always up there. Um, it's not going to be probably the best Masters pick, but for me, it's Colin Morikawa. A guy that, like, man, when he's on, like, good luck. You know, just it's, if you're taking Justin Thomas to the brink and then, you can push Justin Thomas for, to me, who is probably one of the strongest mental games out there. Um, you can make him, not maybe physically make him miss the putt, but you've got that pressure on him and you can go out there and beat him in a tournament and then come back and win the next week. It's like, I, that's a guy that I just, I, I all, all year I've kind of had those picks where I'm like, well, I'm going to put Colin on my bet, betting list. So he's definitely a guy I think can take. Colin's a great pick, and he just won in California not too long ago, maybe a month and a half ago, Colin won. I think a stat came out that he hits his six iron as consistent as guys hit their lob wedge. Like, for as good as a ball striker is, this guy's dispersion from 200 yards is what other guys are hitting 100 yards in. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I think those two guys, uh, I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me. I'm not even sure where I would look, but I'm pretty sure from watching endless TV, a golf channel, and listening to PGA Tour radio in the car, I think Thomas is the number one iron player in the world, and I think Morikawa is like... He's right yeah, if he isn't number two, he's like right there. So, yeah. and from what I've been hearing on TV and from what I've heard about the golf course, if there's one, I mean, obviously putting and everything, but if you can hit it closer to the hole than everybody else, if your iron plays solid, it's a huge advantage. So, from I like, I like both of those picks. Um, what I'm thinking, I'm going to go for what all the news reports are coming out, what the betting favorites are in Bryson DeChambeau. Um, I think Bryson's kind of one of those guys that you either love him or you hate him. You know, he's a guy that does things differently. And it's fair that you hate him. You know, I think golf's been, <laughs> golf's been played a certain way for so long and Bryson's finally coming in and changing it up. And he has some proven success, right? I think with it raining this week, it's going to take a pretty strong guy to hit through some of the lies that these guys are going to get. Um, something that he gets overlooked is his putting stats. 
he's in, I think, the top 10 on PGA Tour as far as putting goes. And I think with the greens, with the way Augusta plays, with so much undulation, and you're trying not to three-putt a lot of the time, I think people are looking at how far he's going to be hitting it, but I think he has the short game to back it up. So it's hard not to buy into that he, you know, people are saying that it's his tournament to lose. I guess it'll be interesting to see if he's, you know, got any 400-yard drives in him or uh, uh, those types of things. But I, I'm going to go with Bryson for my, uh, for my... I should clarify. I think what he's doing is incredible. Yeah. Like putting on weight hammering the ball 201 ball speed or whatever he's got with the driver I, I respect what he's doing i just think he seems like the biggest loser on earth just Man, listen yeah. i mean it seems so phony and he's trying too hard so i don't like that part See, but what he's doing on the golf course i'm not gonna argue with that right? as an athlete i completely agree like it's the hey i'm trying to gain a bunch of weight like we all do it right like Cameras on you right before the season starts, training camp. Hey, what did you do different? Oh, I got in the best shape of my life. I added 10 pounds of muscle, you know, but we're not doing it while we're drinking a protein shake in the interview. No. And he like takes the protein bars and crushes them in half. And then, you know, he's throwing back the protein shake, walking down. I'm like, dude, you are a loser. Like, yeah. I mean, I wish I could be you. You're doing great things. And yeah. You make a lot more money than I do. I wish I, I, play golf I, wish like I could play golf yeah. like you. Um, it's just if, if I'm picking the... Uh, a tournament or even a foursome of people, he, he's not jumping in that foursome. No, he ain't, he ain't in my ultimate foursome. There's no chance of that. Have you guys ever played with someone either on football or in the NHL that goes so far against the grain that they're so different from everyone else on the team that they're doing things that nobody else is doing? Can you think of anyone that you've played with similar to Bryson in, in your respective sport? I can, I can do it in, in the opposite fashion. As in, uh, Bryson is the clean, healthy workout nine times a day. Um, and I'm sure you have some of these same stories, but I know some people that did not work out. Um, they drank every night. They got really drunk the night before the game. They smelled like booze on game day. And then they came out and balled out every game. And like the one game or two game they didn't drink played absolutely terrible. So me as like a straight shooter, it was really hard to like show up at practice and be like, how are you drunk right now? Like that doesn't vibe with me. But then, uh, you know, that person would go out and ball out on game day. I'm like, oh, I can't really say anything. Yeah, I can't think of any, um, my stories would be right along the same. Yeah. I can't think of anybody that like, you know, a lot of guys really took care of themselves, but I can't remember anything that anybody that really jumped out at me that way. But yeah, there would be guys that would, you know, like you said, go out the other way, have a few beers or whatever, and then show up and like just shoot the lights out or I mean, play really well or whatever you want to say it. Uh, but yeah, I, I can't think of anybody that, I mean, what, I know golf's a little bit different, but I mean, I can't think of anybody who like either lost a ton of weight or put on, I mean, how much weight's that guy put on 60 pounds in the last year or something like that. It's the only sport you can do it in though. Yeah. Right. Like, like I mean, our knees wouldn't last playing our sport, right? No. Like you can do it in golf. Like I just don't see his back lasting that long. Like you look at Tiger and his back goes like, I mean, there's no way with all the weights that he's throwing around that Bryson's going to last long. It's funny, the stories that you're talking about, it's almost the John Daly diet, right? Oh, that John can't play unless he's got, you know, six, seven drinks in him and he's making birdies left, right, and center, which sounds like similar to the guys that you play with. Have you met John before? Do you know? No, I wish. That guy, I mean, that guy, I mean, he would be on my ultimate foursome for, for sure. sure. Like, totally. I'm not hanging out with Bryson. I'll hang out with John Daly anytime. Oh, yeah. That guy seems awesome. And his son. Yeah, oh, little John, little John. That guy has a swing and a half. That's the next, oh man, I can't wait to see him come up through the ranks. Uh, let's go into our sleeper picks. Mike, you got one or two sleepers you're thinking? Yeah, I got a couple guys that I like that are sort of, um, I mean, 
at least odds wise. I don't really like this guy either because I think he's a little bit along the lines of Bryson a little bit. It seems like he tries too hard. He seems like a dork, but he's playing great and he's won there before, Bubba Watson. Okay. Uh, I also really like, and I, I, he's from Texas. I don't know a whole lot about him other than every tournament I've, it seems like every tournament I've seen this year, he's been in the mix and that's that Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, rookie of the year. Rookie of the year last year. Pounds it. He hits it high. That back foot that comes up every time he hits it, it throws me off, man. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, I like him a lot and uh, I guess Hatton's up there in the world rankings. So not, well, he'd be kind of a long shot too. He's been playing great. Yeah, those would be three off the top of my head that I like. I like it. You you uh you throw yours out there because I I need to look up one thing. So someone I wouldn't call him quite a sleeper, but I think someone that has a good chance that has won there before. Talking about people that you know maybe people don't like this person is Patrick Reed, right? So much people give so much shit to Patrick. Reed. Yeah, the whole internet hates Patrick Reed, which I feel a little bit bad for him. Like I can't. You guys probably deal with it with some haters on social media like okay. does that stuff get to you are you looking at these guys that are like no, eat shit I, die you know like does that get to you when people are talking shit about you i think there's two ways to take that i think some guys get on especially with social media now uh or in, you know in the last 10 12 years let's say you know guys can get on it and if you sit there it, it's kind of like if you sit and read every newspaper article about you back in the day it's like sooner or later you're going to read something you don't like and i think you either go one or two ways it either motivates you like bo said or you kind of crumble and you worry about what everybody, if you're, I mean, if you're an athlete and you're worried about what everybody says on the internet and you read all that stuff, I mean, I think you're totally screwed. I think if, if, if I was an athlete today, I don't, I wouldn't be looking at any of my mentions. I wouldn't be Googling anything. I would just, just don't read it. And who cares? Cause I know he does have an Instagram account. So I don't know if it's maybe like a publicist running his Instagram or maybe he's got a couple burner accounts that he's like, eat shit. <laughs> like, messaging all these guys kind of a funny story with regards to him i won't use anybody's name because i don't really know this guy i don't know but i went to the uh 2018 british open at carnoustie anyways i was i was there with one of my good buddies is ricky fowler's friend so or sorry ricky fowler's friend ricky fowler's caddy sorry and so i was there the whole week i was uh his name's joe joe scovern so i was staying with joe i was staying with a few other caddies and I went to the practice rounds. I was inside the ropes for practice. It was really, really cool for me, somebody who really likes golf. And one of the practice rounds, we were playing with a guy who went to Georgia. And I'd read, you know, like a lot of other people, read some stuff about Patrick Reed online. And he had went to Georgia, got kicked off the team. There was apparently he was cheating. Apparently he was stealing money and computers. And he got booted off the team that went one back-to-back, you know, national titles at Augusta State, which, you know, I mean, obviously he's an unbelievable golfer. And one of the guys that was in the group that we were playing with, he also went to University of Georgia. And so I was just kind of, I'd never met this guy before, so I'm just kind of creating a little bit of conversation. I'm like, oh yeah, Georgia's big golf school. He's like, yeah, I got a lot of guys. I'm like, yeah, Patrick Reed. He's like, we don't claim him. And I started laughing. He just kind of walked away. That was the end of the conversation. Man, he he might have, I wrote it down as one of my favorite master's moments is going, holding off, uh, was it Spieth or Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler? On, Might have been both of them. Yeah, could have been both. I didn't. I didn't know if it was Jordan Reed or uh, sorry, Jordan Justin Reed. Thomas or yeah, or Spieth. But um, on the 18th, the the overhead whirlwind he does with his driver is to have the audacity to do that on 18, and you know that everyone in the world wants Ricky to win. Right. And yeah. you're like, 
I can't wait to break all of your hearts. Like yeah. nobody likes the guy, but I love that that confidence and that finish that he had to like watch this. And like just not, didn't play anything safe. Like Justin Thomas probably pulls out a three wood and you know what I mean? Like he just smacks it and does the whirlwind thing. And I'm just sitting there watching that. And it's one of those massive moments stays in my head. I'm like, I can't believe he just did that on the 18th up on Ricky Fowler and he closes it up. You got to hand it to him. I mean, like like we've been saying, it seems like everybody hates him. It doesn't seem like he's too popular with his peers. But I mean, if I had to pick a guy in like a match play event, I don't know if I would, he might be one of my top picks. I mean, he's unbelievable at the Ryder Cups. Yeah, Captain America. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a prick. He knows it and obviously it fuels him. And you gotta give him credit for that. So I'll go with my sleeper. Um, I'm not going to pick an exact person. What I'm going to say is somebody over the age of 40. Okay. Just because it's, everybody's talking to young guys, Bryson, overpowered, it's starting off raining really hard. I think somebody over 40 is going to surprise and just come out there and do okay. the old school. Oh, God. I'm like, yeah, I'm, tr- I'm trying to look I'll at who, who someone – how about like guys? Phil? Phil, someone over 40 that's having a lot of success on the Champions Tour. Yep, yep. Bernhard Langer, which I mean, he's won there a bunch. VJ seeing that feels like feels like either missing the cut by like seven, eight strokes, or he's like in the mix. Yeah, no oh, yeah. in between with this guy. Isn't he doing like the forty-seven and a half inch yeah. driver or something this week too? Yeah, I mean, if you can keep it on yeah, the planet. He made the list, so. How old's Louis? Who's that? He was someone I was just thinking of too. And that guy's always in the if, mix. The if we made yeah. bets for the leaders of day one, Louis up there, Adam Scott's up there yeah. because they always are. And then they usually disappear towards the end. But Paul those Casey's two, he's up there. He's someone that I was looking at. He's got to be right on the cusp of hitting 40. Um, what about Adam Scott? He's someone that's won there before. That He's not playing a ton this year. I think he had COVID three or four weeks ago. He's coming off the COVID train. I think he had got it at the same time as Dustin Johnson, didn't he? Right. At the same time. He'll be in third or fourth place on day one and then kind of slip off. Yeah. Okay. Um, someone else that I was looking at too, and I'm interested in your guys' take – Jordan Spieth. So Spieth, someone that's obviously won there. He, you know, took the golf world by storm. 2015, 2016, 2017. He's like, no one's ever going to beat this guy. Now he's struggling to, you know, even make contact with the ball. Like, what do you think is going on in, in Spieth's head? Why, why is he not playing like normal? He's my least favorite golfer. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay, please explain. I can't stand watching a guy hit his ball and turn around and look at his caddy. Like, seven iron? Like, bud, you're the one that swung it. Okay. Like, you have the options of choosing what you're going to do, and no matter what, like, you always think back to um, uh, Shooter McGavin. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, I think you should use a six iron. He's like, six iron, huh? He Give makes it, he goes, nine. well, you're fired. You're fired. <laughs> and it's just, that's the thought to me is, like, I can't stand the way he talks to his caddy, and he just, like, blames him. Like, it's just like, man, golf is a singular sport. Like, you take your advice from this guy, but he doesn't that decide what you do. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's your decision to to pull the trigger, and... I think uh, he just always rubbed me wrong that way. That's okay, funny. fair enough. I've never thought of it that way. I, I've heard he's a pretty fun dude. I liked watching him when he was winning. I think he needs to change his coach, which so he's too. had the same coach since he was a kid, forever, right? right? I think but they got to mix it up. I think on one of the – I was watching the Houston Open here the last week, and I'm not sure where he finished, but – or even if he made the cut. I'm not even sure, but I just remember one of the commentators saying, I mean, he's got the two-way miss going off the tee, so – uh, I'm I not know taking all about him. that. Yeah, I would <laughs> be like if you or I go out there and play the Masters. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where the hell it's going. In the Masters coverage, maybe it was the Houston Open coverage. They just had uh, Spieth on the range hitting balls, and this guy was waiting like 25 oh, seconds man. in between range shots. It's like there's so much going on in this guy's head that you got to just stop thinking and just start hitting the ball. You watch the video, and it literally he just 
I've never seen somebody do it. He just stares at it for like legitimately. He's not exaggerating. Twenty five seconds, and like moving. the caption's like, "Can you imagine what is going on in this kid's oh, head?" Yeah. And then just shanks the ball. It's like yeah. he almost. I feel like he almost needs to go back to um, who who is the guy that would just walk up to the ball, look one time, and then rip it. Uh, dark hair, younger guy. Um, drawing a blank. Yeah, I'm, so am I. I know who you're thinking of. Not Stin, not Henry Stinson, uh, but played right around that time. Anyways, he, I feel like he just needs to like get up there and hit it. He is probably thinking too much. Just oh get up, grab God. a club. I'm gonna do this and hit it. Yeah, like stop trying to think of the perfect thing to do in every single angle. Like just see your shot and go hit it. I mean, if you're over the ball and you got like ten different swing thoughts going on, I mean, I'm a very average golfer, but yeah, same. I mean, like one thing maybe, but I imagine even for those guys, I mean, you can't be sitting over the, like on top of the ball thinking about your swing too much. I no wouldn't chance. think, no. especially when you put a little pressure on there. I would bet all of us have played better with a couple beers on us, not thinking, just playing whack fuck more or less to get up. Maybe that's what he needs to do. That's actually a good idea. Maybe yeah, you should get a little John Daly and then crush a six pack before the first tee. Yeah, a little uh, Ryan Coke in the Tim yeah. Hortons cup or loosen them up a little bit. Um, we were talking before we got on, Mike, you got a couple uh, connections on the PGA Tour. You just mentioned Ricky Fowler's caddy that your buddy's with. Yeah. Have you been texting anyone to get kind of sent? Yeah, actually, yeah, I have been. So I was I was interested. Let me pull it up here on my phone. So I was texting, uh, where is it here? I was check, texting Joe Scovern, the guy I was talking about earlier, and I was just like, hey, what are, you know, what are some differences in the course? He said, the course is different, lots of Bermuda. So... I was like, okay, well, what does that mean exactly? I mean, I could look it up, but he said, when you play this type of or this time of year, it's hard to get all the rye to pop depending on temperatures. You end up with a mixture, so you go more grain. It can have some chips from mostly Bermuda and others that have some rye. It'll be a lot different than the turf we normally chip off in April. So I said, okay, is it mostly just chipping then? And he said, yeah. He goes, it'll affect the chipping. You got to like try and you have to know what kind of grass you're hitting off. And then he said it'll affect the approach shots a little bit too, but mostly around the greens is what he said. Nothing on the greens, but uh, that was his. And then I messaged uh, Jim Bones Mackay, Mickelson's old caddy, and he's out there working. And he said, length is massive this week, playing extremely long, and it hasn't rained yet. Uh, he said, I like Xander, but Bryson should be a massive favorite. So and not... Over 40. Okay. Got it. Not over 40 quite yet. <laughs> well, if Phil brings the bombs, I don't mind. You know, we're talking about over 40, and we'll bring it back to Phil. That there's someone who's been trying to hit it a lot further. You know, he's trying to get his ball speed up. He's hitting bombs, longer driver, and short game. That might be a decent call. It'd be interesting to see, obviously, come Sunday if if someone over 40. I literally think it's anybody over 40 except for him. Like, there's, there's too much going on with him right now. What do you guys like think? going from to, to the Champions Tour, switching your driver to 47 and a half inch at the last second. That's like an extra inch and a half. That's a, yeah. Geez. What do you guys think the chances are of Tiger missing the cut? Pretty decent. He's just battling injury. He just doesn't look like the same Tiger this year as he did last year. Last year he came out and won the Zozo and there was, you know, a, a glimpse that, okay, he could do something. He wasn't the betting favorite at Augusta and he came out and just, you know, old school prevailed. Seeing this Tiger this year, I think it's possible he's not going to make the cut. I'm going to go 50-50. I really hope he makes the cut. Uh, but like you're saying, he hasn't been playing great. The one thing is, is obviously he knows the golf. He should be able to play that course blindfolded. And I think, I have to look this up. I shouldn't bring it up unless I know for sure. But I think the greens books are different too at Augusta. Like they don't get all the, so like ex, what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is experience. Right. Comes into play big time, especially on the greens. 
So I'll go fifth. I hope he makes the cut. Yeah, I hope I hope he does, but like it's all hope, right? Like it's to me, it's like almost seventy five percent. He's not gonna do it. It's just he won it last year. I mean, everybody is gonna want him to, and and they're just I'm with you. I just haven't seen anything this year that says he's gonna put together four consistent days and and or sorry, two consistent days to make the cut and, and be even in that top half. Right, uh, Mike, you were talking about uh, Bones was saying that you know. Uh, distance is going to be optimal to play this year. Someone I've been following a lot is Matthew Wolf. Yes. Have you guys seen Matt Wolf play Matt. and hit the ball? I watched him play the the championship in was it Oregon State, Oklahoma State. Yeah, he's amazing. I mean, it's interesting. I've seen him hit balls, and it was almost like a different sound. I mean, he crushes it. I follow his golf course with uh, it was it George Gankus, I think. Here. I mean, it's interesting what he does. No doubt about it. He's fun to watch play. Uh, yeah, he could actually. He's a guy that I haven't really put a whole lot of thought into that I might regret. Yeah, those are the two I have down. It's Colin and Matt Wolf. We put a bet in maybe three and a half months ago and got really good odds. I'll have to check what the odds are uh, that we got on him, but we put a hundred bucks on Matt Wolf because we're thinking mm-hmm. someone that bombs it could could have a chance. And you're the second person I've heard this say just the sound he makes leaving the face of that club is different than anyone else uh, on tour. Yeah, he um, I think we've done a pretty good. Uh, um, review of who we think uh, is going to win. Is there any Masters moments you guys can think of in previous Masters, something that sticks in your mind that you'll always remember when we're talking about the Masters? I mean, for me, it would be, I mean, last year was obviously, well, I guess for me, it would be, you know, this was kind of just as I was starting to watch golf, so I can't remember a whole lot of the details, but I guess when I think of the Masters, for me, you already touched on a little bit, is Mike Weir. I mean, that was obviously a huge deal for Canada. Um, So that's the one for me. Other than that, to be honest, for me, they all just kind of, not all of them. I mean, last year was big and with Tiger winning and stuff like that. But that was kind of, that's the big one for me. And the rest of them, I mean, I just really love watching the entire tournament. And I can't really pick one one moment or a lot of it just kind of comes together. But yeah, my, I, I would say Mike Weir. That, that was a big moment for Canada for sure. I would say uh, I have two, which one would be like more of a love moment that has me just in love with the Masters. And the other one is just more in awe of what happened. Um, the love moment is, is Bubba from the sticks. The giant hook. You yeah, know, that was the, crazy. And just to win it that year, I mean, that was that was something. Again, I just love those guys that, like, have a shot, like, forget it. I don't care what the book says. I should chip out. I'm going to go for the green right here. I'm going to make this thing happen and, and does it. Uh, the other one is is Tony Fee now having a hole in one on the part three oh, and just yeah. <laughs> forgot about that. And, and breaking his ankle, his ankle. yeah, oh, pops it back oh, in and is leading or something on day one. I mean, it's phenomenal. I actually kind of have a funny story about that. I can't believe I didn't remember that. So I was watching that when that happened, when his ankle sideways, and so I was calling a couple buddies of mine in Vegas, and I'm like, I was getting to run around to the different casinos to take any match period against Tony Finau and it ended up where they couldn't because they pulled him off and obviously I was going to go against Tony so they they tried to get some money in or whatever and it didn't end up working out and then thank God because he was literally leaving after day one like I would have got crushed on everything right. uh that's another guy too actually that we haven't talked about that yeah. I mean there's not too many guys that hit further than him yeah he could be a that's another guy. When he has history, he has history at the Masters. So same thing. He was leading or co-leading after day one with a bummed ankle. Yeah, uh, I think. Yeah, I think he was. He was co-leading at the absolute worst. Yeah, he, he might have. Yeah, and he, he fizzed out year. towards. He played with Tiger. He, he fizzed out towards the end because I think he ended up. Didn't he end up pulling out? 
I thought he towards finished. the end. Oh, okay, I think he finished. Oh, okay, yeah. I thought he ended up pulling out towards the end of it because uh-huh. he couldn't finish. I thought on literally on day four he had to pull out. Um, I think going he, in, he, I think he was leading or co-leading after one. I'm, he was right in the mix after day two. Then I'm not sure what yeah. happened on the weekend. Yeah, I thought he pulled. We'll have to look that up, but. A couple things come to mind, and both of them are Tiger. So obviously last year when Tiger won was so phenomenal for all golf fans ever. When he came off the green and he sees his kids, now finally that they can witness his great or his greatness after you know they know him as being bedridden Tiger dad. That you know they hear stories of how good he was. Now he wins the Masters. When he goes and hugs Charlie, like if you didn't have a tear in your eye, you're not a human being, right? To, to get that emotional uh, watching someone win. Um, something that we'll always see too is that infamous Nike commercial where he chipped in do you oh, recall oh, that right. chip yeah, in? Yeah. I can't remember which hole it was. 16? 16. Three, and, you know, Steve Williams on the bag and the ball is just rolling, 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 sits on the edge. There's the pause. You see the Nike logo and then it falls in and the cheer and the big Tiger fist pump. Yeah, how many golf balls do you think Nike sold just with that shot alone? Nike in general, right? Like, I think oh, yeah. I've read Phil Knight's book and to hear what, you know, Nike or what Tiger did for the brand. Like, when Tiger won the 97 Masters, I think that uh, the next year is when he signs his deal with Nike. And he was getting paid more than, you know, the MLB players, more than almost, I think his contract was comparable to Jordan. So here's Jordan that's won all these championships, the biggest name in sports, arguably, and Tiger comes in and is signing for pretty similar money. That without Tiger, we're probably not talking about golf today. I just, I just don't think it's as popular as it as it has become, right? Oh, oh no, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, no it's, doubt. he's the iconic guy that changed it. I mean, uh, I'm not even the hugest. I mean, I really, really like Tiger. And I, I don't, can't even really explain it, but... Even for me, I like Tiger for sure. I think it's awesome. But even for me, like I like other golfers just as much or more. But even for me, it's just it just seems like it's more interesting when he's involved. Hundred percent. And he's not even my favorite golfer or anything. But I mean, he is unreal. So that pretty much wraps up our Masters review. Um, what are you guys doing for the Masters? You guys got plans uh, this weekend? So uh, man, I actually was about to pull the typical guy move. Is you know, I'm getting snipped. So I was like, well, I'm going to book it the day before the Masters and nobody can, oh, <laughs> I'm not getting off the couch for four straight days. And so I call up the sex me clinic. Hey, you know, I just, I'm, I want to book this for the Masters. And she's like, yeah, you and everybody else. She's like, you can get in December 18th. And I was like, oh, all right. You weren't the first one to think yeah. that. Yeah. Mike, what do you got going on? I got nothing. I, I don't have anything going on these days, period. I think it'll be a full four days right here. Uh, watching the Masters, yeah. I got no special plans. I got a little Masters auction to go to tomorrow at Earl Grey. Uh, that's it. Get my bets in, post up on the couch, and that'll be about it. Like it. We usually run a, uh, a Masters pool every year. So in a non-COVID world, we would have everyone over. And what we did for our pool is you get the list of everyone playing, and you can only pick one golfer three times. So it'd be a snake draft. So everyone's name goes in a hat first to last. So let's say... The favorite's Rory. So someone takes Rory. If the next two guys take Rory, now no one else can take Rory. Oh, wow. oh, and then I you see. keep going down. Oh, so, oh, so one golfer can get picked up. Three, three times, times. exactly. Okay. So that's what we would normally do, but with COVID and not being able to gather in big groups, we're running just like a DraftKings tournament. Mm-hmm. So that way you're at home and you can take a look at your phone and, yeah. and see who's winning and the live. And it's a lot less work for me because anyone that has run a pool before, if it's not automated, it's, it's a lot of work that you're committing. Um, but that wraps up our, our master's uh, preview. I really appreciate both of you guys coming on. Both this is your second time. Mike, I'm so glad that you came on. We've been trying to get you on for a while. Um, so 
thanks to both of you uh, for coming on. We'll throw up your handle so guys can see you. I know Mike, you're pretty active on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Bo, you're Not still you're still a ghost, <laughs> so you can see ghost, uh, Bo here. And then uh, Bo has some things coming up. So as soon as uh, that's ready to be announced, we'll definitely announce it on our channel. Thanks so much for both of you coming on. I really appreciate it, and uh, I hope you guys all enjoy the Masters uh, week. And thanks for er, thanks for tuning in with us.